Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. As always, joined by Josh and Jason today. Huge trade. Big trades all around. Probably one of the... I'd say the biggest trade in the last 10 years, at least. Statist- if you just go off stats, yeah. Like, just their points. Goals, assists, points. Biggest Easily. trade in the salary cap era, even. Just simply because, like, it wasn't like... Okay, Jack Eichel from Buffalo was massive. Right, uh, and we've seen some other ones, but just the fact that one guy that just got like two one hundred point players were involved in one trade. Yeah, it's crazy. What when other trade has that ever happened? I don't, think, I don't know if it's ever happened. I think Never. the last time a hundred point player was traded was Yager. A player traded after they just got a hundred points. That would make sense. I think I saw it on Twitter somewhere, but I don't know. who yeah. knows? But we'll take it as we'll take that as truth. Who yes. cares? But yeah, so let's get into this trade. Who wants to open up? So let's. What's the actual trade? All, so, all in all, mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk from the Flames to the Florida Panthers in exchange for a first round pick. Look up what year that is. I'm not too 2024. sure. Twenty twenty five. Wow. Uh, we'll we'll fact check that in a second. Cole Schwint, who is a prospect, he was a third round pick in 2019. He was a Mississauga Steelheads boy. He had 40 points. Around 40-ish points in 70-something games for the Charlotte Checkers this past year in his rookie AHL year. So pretty good year there, uh, I would say. 2001 born. And then include also in this trade, the biggest pieces, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau. The Florida Panthers immediately extended Matthew Kachuk eight years, $9.5 million AAV. We got some disagreement on this trade. Because I think Jason thinks Florida won the deal. I think it's pretty well split 50-50. Who thinks Florida won, yeah. Calgary won? I saw Athletics trade grades. They all had better grade for Calgary than Florida. Yeah, they did. They That's did. just like an example, an arbitrary mm-hmm. example. Yeah, but they uh, both had really high grades, which was... Yeah, yeah. This is one of those rare trades where it's like so much is going on that like both teams are going to come out happy, right? Yeah. Because I think for sure from the Calgary perspective, I don't think if you told a Flame, Flames fan... A week ago, that to Chuck, listen, to Chuck is not going to be on your team at the beginning of the season. Uh, they would never guess that they get this as a return. A week ago, but what about like mid-season last year? You still don't think you, this is a crazy return? This yeah, is it's a, a huge this return. This is a crazy return. Yeah. You, I don't but, know how you ask. So, philosophically, like nice wording, pal. Oh my god, philosophically, here's the 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 beans of it. I would say nobody ever says that. I'm just trying to. <laughs> here's the beans. Here's the beans. Let's get right Pork down to beans. beans. But so the Florida Panthers have now solidified their core for the like they've extended their core, right? Uyghur was had one year left. Huberto had one year left. They've added some youth and they've locked in their core for more time. They have Barkov for eight years. They have Kachuk for eight years now. They have Sam Reinhart for two. I believe they have Carter Verhage for three. And they have Aaron Eckblad for three as well. They have Sam Bennett for three. And then they have Anthony Duclair, I want to say, for two. Two more years. He is injured for half of this year coming up, right? So they had those two expiring contracts. 
They, there were contracts that had one year left. They moved them out, and they got some more term to lock in what they had, right? They also did, though, they spent all of their non-roster assets, right? Yeah. I don't uh, like Unless they're giving up a second, third, but you're not getting a top-quality player for that, right? Like, what? Like, you're going to trade eight second-round picks for someone of significant value for yeah. a first-line defenseman, right? So, And then what the, the Flames get... They get two guys that they could extend. They are one's going to be twenty nine at the end of the year. The other's going to be thirty. Mm-hmm. They could extend them. That would be a pricey contract, just in terms of term. Like, how good are they going to be five, six years down the line? They're going to be looking for big money, right? Because they're both very good players. But immediately, you've significantly upgraded your your roster from when Johnny Goudreau left to like Matthew Kachuk wasn't going to be there, and now you've gotten a first line defenseman. And a first line forward, and yep. a first and a prospect, and they still they still have nine million dollars of cap space. Or they still need to sign well, Japan sign and Shillington and Shillington. Which, and that includes Monahan on LTIR though, so they have fifteen million dollars of cap space. Yeah, so they have no third line center. I don't think they still. Mm. I think they have enough room to dip in. I don't think both those guys will make combined more than ten million, for example. So I think you have that Monahan space to. Yeah, they could they could extend one of them. I don't like think there'd term? be, yeah, like Shillington or Matt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh no, no, sorry, not. I meant like, like the Uyghur, that Uyghur, oh, yeah, yeah. at the end of the year. Well, next year they have a ton of cap space, so yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, just in terms of the value for the trade, like I said, like what do you prefer? Matthew Kachuk ages twenty five to thirty three for eight, mo- like ages twenty five to thirty three, or do you prefer Huberto one year, Uyghur one year, and then a first and a prospect? Well, it, it does. It, I I agree with what you're saying. Honestly, I, I think the the package that Calgary got is better because yeah. it gives you the option to also flip either of those guys or or sign them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like those guys being on one year is not a bad thing for a team that might be caught in the middle. And if things go south quickly this year, it's a pretty easy flip, and you are stacked for a rebuild as quick as possible. Or yep. the other thing is, if I look at these two teams. Calgary, Florida, overall, I think Calgary this offseason softened the blow of losing Goudreau Mm -hmm. and could actually be good again. Not that Florida's not good, but they are for sure worse than last year. They are 100% worse than last year, actually significantly worse than last year. Are they worse than than last year at what they were before the deadline? Yes, 100%. 100%. Their D are terrible. Yeah, they are. Their D are absolutely terrible. So, yeah, they did get better in the long term. They got some young guys that they're going to be able to keep. Like, I think it's a win that they kept Anton Lindell. That's mm-hmm. probably a guy that might have been shopped in this trade. I expected to. But I think Florida made themselves worse this year. And, again, if Calgary can sign one more guy, I think they're actually better than they were last year. They, they, they lost Goudreau, which is crazy. You could argue Huberto and Goudreau are interchangeable players. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I, I don't think anyone would argue that. And McKenzie, you think Goudreau's better? I think Goudreau's better, yeah. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, Goudreau has, at least well, analytically, has more two-way game than Goudreau Goudreau analytically has a defensive game, but in practicality in real life, do you think Johnny Goudreau is an asset as a defensive player? Not really, but if you also look at relative numbers, right? Huberto isn't really strong in relative numbers either. Also, if you look at their last four years instead of just this year, Huberto smokes them in production. Goudreau, before this year, the last two years, was actually, like, not great, right? Marner has, over the last three years, Mar- Mitch Marner has the same amount of points in eight less games, I want to say, than Johnny Goudreau. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And Huberto has more than both of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think Huberto, because so of this whole Twitter very, thing, gets a bad rap. He's a fantastic player. What whole Twitter yeah. thing? He's a very, like, very good. He the dishes the puck thing? very well. He easily uh, elevates his his line mates incredibly. And 100%. the fact that he's going to be playing, he could either play with Tyler Toffoli or Andrew Mangiapane. Well, he said Not he bad. wants to make Elias Lindholm a 50-goal scorer this year. And, and Elias Lindholm. I think he's 100% going to be with Elias Lindholm. I don't know who they're going to put on that other wing there. But either way, you got a bunch of finishers around you. So it's like, I mean, he made Sam. Sam Bennett went, came from Calgary. What was Sam Bennett coming out of Calgary? He's terrible. We get, they, gave a second adjust, round, they gave a second-round pick, and people two, thought... A uh, second-round pick, and I believe a prospect and that not that, second Sorry, round. not that Sam Bennett was a terrible player. His production his plus numbers. some injury issues were bad. Like, and on top of that, they, they gave him chances on the top line. It just wasn't working. I think the coaching change as well, from what I've heard, really, really helped him. They gave him more confidence. They gave him, I guess, different perspective, and he started to play a lot better. But also, he was playing with Jonathan Huberto, and he went from everyone's like, why the hell would you make that trade to... 28 goals last year. Yeah. Right? So that, 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 he, has that, he has a very strong ability to elevate his line mates as well. I did find it funny, though, that Florida, in bringing in Kachuk, really did address a shortage that they had at, in the playoffs, it seemed like. I, I felt like around the net, they were very, very weak. In, in, once Mason Marchman was out, they had once nothing. Ma- they had nothing. They didn't have that Dallas Stars ability to just throw it at the net and you get a tip, you get a grimy goal, you get a rebound goal, all of that. Matthew Kachuk does bring that, and he brings that physical element as well that you lost in Mason Marchman, right? But in bringing him in, you're also really taking away from, A, a weak point, your defense, your second-best defenseman, and your ability to dish the puck, which was Jonathan Huberto, who was who was dishing it last playoffs as well. So we'll see how this works out, Cotton. I, I think I get why. Again, I understand why Florida did it. That's not the it line, was, is it? What's the line? It's a bold, a bold move, strategy Cotton. there, Cotton. We'll see how this plays also, out. Also, again, Florida is also $3.5 million over the cap now. So is that just going to be Duclair on LTIR that still doesn't even get them under? Is there some moving? Is there another piece that gets moved out? I don't know. Mm. And again, it's not Bill Zito's fault that previous GM one eighth of his contract. But they're also the eating cap. almost five and a half million on a Keith Yandel buyout this year too. That's rough for the cap wise yeah. as well. I know, but, but look, this is how I look at it. That also wasn't his contract too, though. No, I know. I'm just saying. That's so there's another one. Just a couple rough, rough situations yeah. that they're kind of in. But I look at it like this: at the deadline, what does Jonathan Huberto get you? If he produced like last year, probably two first round picks, a top yep. prospect. What does Mackenzie Weger get you? A lot. A first-round pick, a top prospect. So for Matthew Kachuk, who's a great player, even if you get rid of those two expired contracts you got, you're essentially going to end up with probably four first-round picks and two or three prospects. Is that not a lot? That would be the most I've ever seen traded for an NHL player. Absolutely, but that's if they trade them. I'm I'm just saying saying that they will, right? Well, because everyone's looking at the fact that they're an expiring contract as a bad thing. I never. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I don't think it's a bad thing. There's value there. You're right. I actually think it's a great thing. Of course, because you can get Jonathan Huberdeau on a cup contending team for for under three million dollars. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't pay? Who wouldn't pay hand over fist to 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 get that on their team? And also, there's another element of this where. I'm sorry, Florida just torpedoed their locker room too. Like, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure they're all these guys are all men making a lot of money, but holy Huberto cow. was on overdrive today. He, he was said, not I happy. Wish, I wish they would have told me about this. Yeah. yeah, the guy. I mean, he just had 115 points. Maybe. I mean, 
are you starting to connect some dots though? Who's Huberto's agent? Alan Walsh. But what does that have to do? What with happened? Him? What happened with Marc Andre Fleury in Vegas? Maybe GMs just hate Alan Walsh and don't want to tell him anything. Maybe because he's a big crybaby. Or maybe Florida was in a negotiation deal, maybe against St. Louis, who was given Tarasenko. Yeah. Rumors also that also Cairo was involved in that deal. Like mm. it seems like Calgary did a really good job here. They got more than I expected. Personally. For sure, for sure. Cairo would have been a lot. Holy moly! Max Pacioretty too, by the way. Max Pacioretty. Okay, yeah. Traded? Well, no, I'm saying traded Alan Walsh just like that mm-hmm. for yeah. nothing. So maybe you're onto something. I know, but same thing happened with Montreal with Pacioretty. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 for me, Calgary fan, I don't, I couldn't have imagined them doing better than they did. That is a A plus plus grade for me. Fantastic. That, that's what I see. Florida, they got the best player in the deal. They got a guy they locked up for eight years at a really good rate, mm-hmm. mostly because of the tax situation in that state, which is kind of unfair, but it's another conversation. <laughs> but I, I think they're much worse than last year. Yeah. Like worse than the Leafs are worse than last year. I would say so. I mean, just the depth. I mean, right now, when you look at daily face-off, their second-line left-winger is Rudolph's Balsers. <laughs> for Florida? Yeah, for yeah, Florida. That's, and not, then that's not what it's going to look like. That's not what it's going to look like. All right. Okay, but okay, Anthony Duclair's in that spot. Sure. But then the third line is Colin Nick Wayne? Cousins. Who? Colin Wayne. He's not very good offensively, though. I'm just saying. these are They have depth. Their forward depth's still They're better f- than ours. I'm, I'll tell you that right now. By a lot. Their third and fourth line? Hornquist on the fourth line, that's... They have a bunch of darts on their third and fourth line, though. They did yeah. that in the last couple of years. It's worked out well for them. Lister, right? Ryan, and sure. But okay. wait, who am I missing? Like their top, Barkov, Kachuk, Reinhardt. Verhage, Bennett. Bennett, Verhage, Duclair, Lundell, Hornquist, Colin White. Hornquist Cousins, is, yeah. Balsers, Lomberg, then another guy. Yeah, that's, they have good... De- I, I'm, I'm, I have no issue with their forward yeah. depth. Okay. I have issue with Duclair. their D depth. Yeah. They also played a lot of the year last year without Aaron Ekblad. And who carried most of the load in those games? Mackenzie Weaker. Yeah. So that's – and Aaron Ekblad has not been like the, an Iron Man in his career. He's been hurt a, a lot. couple two times. major injuries. Two major, I believe, lower body injuries in the past two seasons. So, yep. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> it, it's a calculated risk. I, I agree. Their window is extended. Their window is eight years now. Well, why years. couldn't they have signed the other guys for eight years? Well, because How's those other guys are... It's only two guys. The two guys, and then I'm assuming the goalie that they just drafted, who's hopefully going to be really good, Spencer Knight. I yeah, in, the, in five that, years, though. he'll be good, because they okay. got Bobrovsky for four more. Yeah, I'm sure soon they'll be able to move that. Though. I'm just surprised. I How thought are they going to be... Where are they going to move that? I thought their really? window was now. That's why I'm confused. I thought their window yeah. was right now. They pushed all their chips in exactly. last year, and then they robbed the person next to them and got a few more, but it was like... I don't know. That was kind of strange, but I don't think Bobrovsky's contract. You're not going to be able to move. Never. Where unless are you they half retain it. The cap barely has gone up. Unless the cap's going up thirty million dollars, then sure. Bobrovsky is still a very good goalie. The, he also I'll has a no move, does he not? Yeah, yeah. probably. Wouldn't doubt that. A eight-year, ten and ten, ten and a half, whatever it is. I still think like I still like Bobrovsky. Yeah, he's still one of the best skating goalies in the entire league. He's still very quick, humongous goalie. Gets a little bit leaky at times in terms of terms of pucks through his body, but he's still a very good goalie. It's just his cap hit is so big. It's like one eighth of your cap hit on, I don't know, what do you whatever you want to consider a him. top ten fringe goalie. Let's sure. call him that. Yeah. I think that's fair. That is fair. I would say that's fair, right? So where the hell are you moving that? 
Yep. I don't know. The other thing is like today, are you a hundred percent sure that Matthew Kachuk is better than Jonathan Huberto today at hockey? Not today, but I'd be willing to bet over the next two years he will be. Not this season, but 2023, 20, 2023 to 2025, I think that's a fair bet to make. Who Whose last season looks like more of a statistical anomaly? Kachuk or Huberto? Kachuk. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's the thing. I yeah. Think, I, yeah, I think I'm but on the same page. That's the thing. Like Those guys, for, I'm talking about like today, those guys are interchangeable for me. Yeah. And yeah. then you added a top two defenseman, like a mm-hmm. for, for sure first pairing defenseman. I don't think he's a number one, but he's a number two. But Yeah. And again, sure, he's, he's an expiring. I agree, but yeah, he's also a defenseman. That's, that's I, I think he's a great defenseman. And I'm not trying to take away from him, but he's also is prone to big event negatives, right? Which yep. is, and there's other players who are are like that too, and not just him, but he's one of those players which kind of, like you said, doesn't make him a one, but he's a two. Bump, bumps him down to probably a two. Ben Chirac got a first and a yeah, prospect. Of course, what's Weger going to get at a deadline? He was half retained, though. So you have to... He could be half retained too. Yeah. But he only makes three, so he, it's even he like would that be value is big. An game. absolute steal. Yeah. yeah. I know Otto was pushing hard to get him. Uh, He'd be fantastic on Maybe they still are. Yeah. But also, look at Calgary's defense now. Hannafin, Anderson, Tanev, Uyghur, Shillington, Zadorov. That is one of the best one to six defense cores in the entire NHL. They improved their decor, which is is almost impossible. They just had a bet on Chris Tanev staying healthy. That's important. You're right. But, you know, maybe you got some insurance for that now with another Mm -hmm. guy who can easily eat 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And then they got Valamaki as their seventh D. Yeah. He's a decent uh, didn't have a great year we'll see, we'll see. i yeah. still think they might add one more guy i'm just looking at this yeah. roster i think they're probably gonna add one more forward but again we've seen it in the past in other sports nhl when a def- when a gm's backs against the wall they tend to get taken advantage of a lot 100%. right everyone knows they have to trade maddie kachuk so they might get fleeced they did it they did a great job and you know what the goudreau situation for me, what was the alternative? Trade him at the deadline? There was no alternative. There was no You have to let him walk at that point. That's the smart That's thing to I, do. I hate when fans are just like, oh, like, why didn't we trade X player? We lost him for nothing. It's like, well, yeah, you have to try and win like it all at some point. That means mortgaging your future. Oh. Like, I've seen a lot of Leafs say, oh, we lost Bozak for nothing. We lost Hyman for nothing. We lost JVR for nothing. Guess what? Bozak sucked after he left the Leafs. JVR has... And it is an atrocity on defense. He's been okay at finishing around he, the net. He also just blocked the team from getting Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> yeah, he arguably. Did. So, he, yeah. he, no, he fully did. <laughs> like, there's no doubting that at all. So, and then, like, Zach Hyman as well. Like, that's an expensive luxury. We mm-hmm. replaced him for a, with a 950K player yeah. who was better than Zach Hyman. Also, those guys are not even close to as good as Johnny Gaudreau. Not at so, all. like, I mean, that's... A, you, you cannot explain it to your fan base when they were like a cup contender. People thought they were a top five team in the league this year and they, they won were. around like they, I, I, I don't see how anyone could blame him for the Goudreau situation. I think everyone's shocked on how that turned out. Yep. He left $15 million on to go state. to Columbus. Like whatever that he just wanted to leave. It is what it is. Right. So tough, tough look for Jason Kenny. It's just also an awesome trade. Like that was yeah. when so that fun. one came in. I, I'm sure a lot of people were maybe blurry eyed <laughs> Friday night, 1130 looking at their phone at that one. And saying, wait, what did they get back? But that's a fun deal. Yeah. How many times did you check Twitter seeing, like, assuming it was fake? Like, oh, this can't be real. This can't be real. I, I think I did like three or four times. Joe, you guys can verify. When I first saw this trade, luckily I was on my computer. I quickly went to Cap Friendly, look at Florida. And I was like, there's no way they make this work unless they move like a big Lundell. contract. You said so, Lundell. But, and money. That's why I said probably Uyghur too. 
I had no idea it was going to be Jonathan Huberto. So Pete yeah. Blackburn actually on Twitter pulled up. Someone made it. Some Florida fan made a video the day before and was like, I could see like if it's Huberto Uyghur, do I can see, can I see that happening for Kachuk? He's like, maybe. <laughs> I think that could work. <laughs> he was just like kind of spitballing off the top of his head, named the entire trade. Oh it was That's like wild. This guy could see the future. Like, I don't know. It's tough to look at these things from a Leafs perspective, but if I was a Florida fan, I'd be happy that they got him. But I'd be like, wow, we paid a, a lot. Yeah, and like you need to improve this roster. Yeah, the, plain the, and simple. The big reason why I like this trade for Florida is that like Cuberto is a ticking time bomb, essentially, right? Like he's gonna get paid next year, and if you you either keep him or you get something for him, you got something for him, right? I We're talking about play style, though. Like, if it's uh, barring, for sure, you think so? Yeah, barring but like an if Achilles you like, injury. If you like the Tavares deal, no. When it was signed, if you were fine with that, yeah, Huberto's yeah. better right now than Tavares was, and yeah. he has a more sustainable play like, style too. Look at look at Claude Giroux from thirty to thirty four. Thirty years old, one hundred and two, eighty five, fifty three and sixty nine, forty three and fifty four, sixty five and seventy five. He just had one hundred and fifteen <laughs> points. Yeah. I believe in age curves. Like 28 is when you usually peak. How old was he this year? Okay. So the Leafs shouldn't sign Matthews and Marner when they did I, phase? Did I'm I ever say that? you believe in age curves. I do believe in age curves. Is Matthews and Marner taking time bomb in three years? No, that's not. not a guarantee, no. though. Like Joe Pavelski just had his best year. But what's the between Huberto and, and Marner when, they, when Marner becomes a free agent? Well, Mar- Marner, first of all, has a two-way game. That's, that's like there, okay, evident, that, clear, just, yeah, right? Huberto, it, I think it's fair to say that Huberto is extremely only a one-way player yeah, and is yeah. not good defensively. At all, right? Okay. Like, at all. I think that's fair to say. I, again, I think that's overrated for, like, yes. you're using Goudreau's defensive metrics as if he contributes anything defensively when you actually put on the game. Okay. Like, what does he contribute defensively? What's his good defensive skill? I don't know. I'd have to watch a ton of games and, yeah. and figure that out, but he's obviously okay. doing something right for having predictive models. Or could it be because well. he plays with Lindholm and Kachuk? Maybe. And but Lindholm's like numbers maybe, are bad. We've and mentioned this Lindholm this was a Selkie yeah. finalist. We've mentioned so. this on this podcast as well. Like, look at every single Seattle Kraken. Is every single Seattle Kraken an amazing defensive player? They all have good defensive metrics, though. And again, we talked to this before. The thing that these stat charts seem to under like underrate or these shot-based models seem to not take into account is... Playmaking ability and yeah. passing. And Jonathan Huberto is one of the best passers in the NHL. Yeah. Yep. So I really think a lot of this is because P- someone said that he should be an MVP over Matthews. And this is like stuck in Lee Fan's head that he yeah. sucks when he's actually an unreal player. That's, and that's also the opinion. Alan Walsh versus Dom LeCision battle Yeah, exactly. But that's the same thing. That's stemmed from the Leafs fan thing, right? Yeah. Cry about it, Alan. Nobody, no GM's going to contact you next time your player's gotten traded. But Also, Huberto is like... He's not defensive, but he's good off the cycle. He's physical. He uses his body well. Like yep. these Power are play. all these are all things that some of the other guys we talked about don't do. So again, I don't love the guy, but this is like I think objectively a, almost a star player in the league. If there's yep. 15 stars, he's right there. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy. I think Calgary should be thrilled, and I they, think Florida fans should be a little happy they got a really good player in Mac Chuck. But wow, he gave for a lot. term. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how this one plays out. But that's uh, it's, I think that's all we got for the trade, right? Yeah, but you could talk about this one all day because of all the angles. That's why it's for fun. sure. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's hilarious how many I've flip flopped on it so much, and it's just like depends on what you prefer. Yeah, yeah. I think for me personally, I'd prefer the the Chuck side in Florida situation, like Florida situation. I disagree. Makes... I'd say I almost prefer to Chuck in a vacuum situation, but in Florida situation, I don't. 
Because I think they had more of a mini window. Over. Do you, do you, is that fair or unfair? Oh, when's their arena ready? For who? Florida. I don't know. They're getting a new arena. When's Calgary getting a new arena? Because if Florida pushes all in for like the, this next year, they lose Uyghur, they lose Uberdo, and then you're going into a new barn with like a not playoff team, right? No, they, I think who Florida? Yeah, I, they'll be a playoff team still. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. All right. Other thing, I would love to know where Kachuk's going to play. Is that a Barkov winger? Is he driving his own line? Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. That's a good question. You could get a, a pain in the ass line to play against easily with Bennett. him and Sam Bennett. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's that's a positive for them. But again, I, like, what's his production going to be with Sam Bennett? Probably not close to what it was. Is that last what you year. do? You want to maximize like the offensive ability on that first line, or see? So so that's another the, angle. The other thing I was going to say is. For me, I look at this team, and I think they made a decision between maybe Sam Reinhardt and Jonathan Huberdeau on which one they want to keep, cause, and they can kick that to the can one more year. Because Sam Reinhardt's Term. very similar deal, one more year. Yeah. Yep. So maybe they're looking, if Reinhardt can st- step up, he's a little bit younger, because Reinhardt had a really good year this year. Yeah. Not and a if- great playoffs, I don't think. Mm. Neither did Huberdeau, though. So... There you go. So maybe that's what they're looking at as the guy who would step into that and role. And if they want to extend Reinhardt is contract expires Bobrovsky has 10 has two years left after that so that's even okay. if you even if you retain I don't know I'm sure I'm sure people I'm sure a team would be willing like if a team is willing to trade for Matt Murray I'm sure a team will be willing to trade for <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky no like I would have rather traded for Bobrovsky 100 than Matt Murray 100 percent not even close five million dollars for Sergey Bobrovsky so how much how much for Matt Murray? Then? Four four point seven was Matt Murray. Okay, obviously Bobrovsky at five versus Murray at four seven. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I know, but people uh, like the Murray at four seven. My yes. god, would I rather have a plate of pasta or a bowl of shit? Are you yeah. kidding me? But yeah, so, I know that was aggressive, but that was so aggressive. <laughs> but no, that, that makes sense with kicking Ugh. the can down the road. Yeah, so but I I I don't want to make it seem like I don't like it from Florida side. It's not that I don't like it. It's just the perf- my preferred. They de- they also definitely didn't maximize value. You're correct, but it's. Yeah. Also, it's hard against the, like a crunch and all that stuff. Like, it's hard to maximize yeah. value because seeing what you'd get for, like, I'm sure you get a great return for Huberdo, but again, I'm more worried about the D. That's the big thing for yeah. me. Yeah. I'm really worried. That decor is not a playoff caliber decor. And I like Forsling. I think he's easily their second best D now. Yep. Montour's a three, like, a, sorry, a five, five, six. Should be a five, six on and, a good and team. Gudis is a good five, six, right? Yes. yes. So you have. Probably a first pair. You have way Forsling. too many good five sixes. You're, you're missing. You're you missing a, th- a two, two, three, probably, four. Yeah, you're missing a two and a three. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. so. Mark Stahl's not the answer either. That's a tough one. But that makes me think. Also, if you're looking at windows, is Spencer Knight the next guy to get traded from this team? Maybe. Who knows? Right. Your backup goalie. How much does he contribute to that cup run? But. Maybe he takes. He will take a step this year. I'm very confident Spencer Knight's gonna be a fine goaltender. What are they but do? what the hell are you gonna do with Bobrovsky? Like, can Spencer Knight play D on his nights off? <laughs> Honestly, two fascinating teams. Very, just a lot of movement. It's a really cool deal. Hell yeah! All right, I think that's all we got for yeah. for this deal. Uh, let's get into our next topic. Line, line, and the Bjorkstrand yes. and the ripple effect of that. Yes. So Patrick. Pull up what what did Patrick Line sign for? Eight point seven million for four years, I believe is the. You can check me on that. Do one. you like the deal? 
Has he performed in the last two seasons up to that number? No. Oh, no. No, he hasn't. Not Is goals probably the biggest premium to pay for in the NHL right now? Yeah, it probably yeah. is. So I think it's an overpay off current production, but I see a very good chance of him to play up to it and outperform, especially with Johnny Goudreau. And I think once you sign Johnny Goudreau, you had to lock in line it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it cost them a really, really strong player. But I think it's just had to be done. I'm, I still think Lion A has a lot left in the tank. Hopefully, it can be unlocked this year. I think he can score. I think he's going to score 50 goals eventually in the NHL. I think that's should have happened already, to be honest. So, but it's definitely rich off his current production. Yeah. Before his bridge deal, do you remember people were saying give him 10 by 8 or whatever? And it was like kind of, kind of risky, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he had 36 his first year. Very good year. 44 the second year, like, which... That's insane, though. You but score- he had 44, and he teetered that year yeah. heavily. There was one point, he was like, oh, he's MVP. And then after that, it was like, okay, he hasn't scored for like a month. And if he, like, he scored 90 goals before he turned 20. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So with him also, like, he needs to sharpen, sharpen up mentally a lot. Like, and you know what? The, like, he's, how old is he? 20, not 24. even 25 yet. Twenty. So it's like... Can he sharpen up mentally? There's plenty of room if you work with him, if you're Columbus, right? So he's a fantastic player, as you mentioned. Putting him with Goudreau, that could be a lethal, lethal combination. Yeah. But losing Bjorkstrand for a third and a fourth. Yeah, that was a terrible trade. They got absolutely rinsed. You look at some of the cap maneuvers, good Branson in, Bjorkstrand out, like Gustav Nyquist making four. Voracek making eight two five. Mike was a sneaky being was had a good year and he missed this season before. They they said they couldn't give him away for anything. People were asking for what? a high pick. Really? Yeah. Because that's the guy they originally wanted to trade. He had fifty three points last year. Yeah, so did so did Alex Kerfoot. Oh, he makes true. five and a half million, right? Okay. Yeah. We that's talked true. about this earlier too when we were talking about Kerfoot and the window. I know it's a little tangent, but the window for the Leafs to trade, it seems like Bjorkstrand right. confirms it that that window unfortunately is passed, and it might be a little tough to give up. Everyone signed the guys they wanted. Yeah. Almost give everyone. up and replace. Yeah, Kerfoot. So, I, like, I'm, unless you're again, I, I said this like eight weeks in a row. Unless you're replacing with Nick Robertson, like, don't trade him. It's yeah, a, yeah. Like, it's funny though. On Hockey Reference, Columbus's scoring leaders from last year, their positions. Voracek is listed as a right wing. Bjorkshen, right wing. Line A, right wing. Gustav Nyquist, right wing. A lot of right wingers. Four right wingers in their top four. So what, do we remember funny. why Columbus did the Atkinson for Voracek trade? Um, it was their playing styles uh, in terms of Atkinson and Voracek. I think Voracek was better. I, can't, I think it was off the rush, and Philly was playing more dump and chase, I want to say, under Vigneault. Which is, who else did it? another one? Another Vigneault um, casualty because Gossis Barrett was the same thing. Oh, Gossis Barrett wasn't working in Vigneault's system. Voracek wasn't working in Vigneault's system, and then they but, traded both. But and Atkinson fired. and Voracek are arguably interchangeable. I think we said this actually. Now that I remember, they're very similar level players. Atkinson is a better finisher. Yeah, and Voracek is a better but passer. Voracek makes like two and a half more millions. That's why oh, that yeah. trade is. Oh, uh, there was a retain in that deal, wasn't there? No. Oh. 
That's why Voracek's making eight two five, Atkinson five point eight. Again, oh. hindsight there, but you don't make that trade, which is a very odd trade to make. Again, it's a hindsight thing, but yeah, that was an unfortunate. Uh, Seattle's starting to put together. They they got some sneaky good sneaky players. Sneaky players. Can they figure out a mix that works? We'll see. Again, like we said, they bundled the expansion draft, but clearly their plan was let's pick our own darts to throw. We want to mm-hmm. sign our own guys. They signed Schwartz. They signed Burakovsky. They traded for Bjorkstrand, which is essentially they got him for nothing. I was like, they're in the and they were lucky. They were the, one of the only teams that still had cap space left that could take them on. Right, that was a big thing. Yep. They signed McCann. They signed Wenberg. This is a they signed so many guys. So, you know, if if Shane Wright and Matty Beneers can step in on these entry level deals, maybe they have a sneaky good team. Exactly. I think this next well, year they're shaping up very well. Yeah, and I think Beneers is probably they're probably planning for Beneers to play because oh, they because oh, yeah, they no, burn they burned the first year playing. of his deal. He had so nine he's definitely points in ten games. Definitely playing. Good. Yeah. he played like nineteen minutes. He's playing for sure. Yeah, he's 100%. good. Yeah, and then Shane Wright, I think, can fill it can fit in pretty well we'll see i mean that's a lot to ask of an 18 year old yep but you can insulate him with some for good sure wingers and centers yeah so you got yanni gord you just you have McCann, to be patient how Denver. many how many players step in at 18 years old like the the 2016 draft is an anomaly outside of the 2016 draft how many players step in at 18 years old and dominate it's rare you don't play very well you don't put that expectation on svechnikov it. had a good good Season for 18-year-old standards, and his first 20 games, he had one point. Yeah, I remember that. Right? And then finished the year with 42. And sometimes 41. you rush a guy, you end up with a Kak and Yemi situation. Where for like, sure. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. So, I mean, Kak and Yemi is actually a very good example. Holy moly. 30 points in his first. He started off so hot, too. Wow, so that's one. And then The he problem with him is sucked. that they yerked him up and down and up and down the, yeah. the chain. Where it's like, just let him develop then in that scenario. You needed right? to let him. He, Yeah. People were saying, though, in that training camp, it's hindsight, but people in, in the training camp were like, he's too good to send back. And then started off hot, and it just, how yeah. funny is it? That's what screwed him, right? So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Putting a very good opportunity right now. But anyways, back to Columbus. Uh, the Bjorkstrand trade, I mean, look up Bjorkstrand's numbers. for And the, at the number he's at, Five something, five and change. Like it's a pretty decent contract to get rid of him and to be able to sign Line A, like Line A for eight whatever versus Bjorkstrand for five and change. Like you said, it, you have to pay money for goals. It, it's a premium to get goals in the NHL or whatever yep. you said there. Bjorkstrand has more goals than Line A over the past like two seasons. Yeah. So I don't know. A third and a fourth. That's that's robbery. a steal. Robbery. Robbery. And it just goes to show, I mean, cap space is so valuable in this league. Yeah. Right? Like, if you have that cap space, you can get yourself a, a Bjorkstrand for a third and a fourth. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Past three years, he's been on pace for, like, 60 points, per, like, every like almost every season. Yeah. For, like, the past three years. So, you're getting a 60, you, you paid basically, a, like, a third line price for a potential second line. And those play. guys are going for at least like Trocheck and cop are going for five, seven. Mm-hmm. Like oh, those yeah. guys are going, that's not a bad deal. That deals yeah, right. Contracts in line right. With, exactly where it should with, be. Where it exactly. So Burakovsky mm-hmm. made what? what did he make on Seattle? Five and a half, five and a half. There you go. Yep. Six point strands better. Yeah. Yep. And it's, he has one, two, three, four years left at five, four. Right. It's the right market value deal. So, 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, any any other news that uh, occurred around the league? You Nino like Niederreiter. Nino yeah. So I did a deep dive into his game. His, the Analytically, Nino Niederreiter is a terrific player. Very strong five-on-five offensive numbers in terms of points, goals, all of that. His offensive impacts are very strong. His defensive impacts are also very strong. Year over year, his possession numbers, his puck possession numbers, his Corsi numbers are always very good, even relative to his own team, which Carolina is a very good puck possession team. So I took a look into it, like what, what are the ins and outs of his game? I found that he doesn't get a lot of power play points because he's not very good on the power play. His hands are pretty not good. Stone-ish, I'll call them. Not Mark Stone, but actual Stone-ish, I'd say. But he is a big body. He's 6'2", 200 and change. He likes to throw the body around 119 hits, I want to say, last year. And he likes to use his body to be able to protect the puck. So his skating, the first two steps aren't the quickest. But at top speed, he's pretty good. So if you if you want to play the chip and, chip and chase game, he's pretty good at getting the puck there and moving it to a teammate. I would say in terms of passing ability, um, he's actually okay. Never mind. I was thinking of someone else. Decent passing ability, I would say. His shot, he doesn't get off the quickest, but he's got some good... Good, decent amount of zip to it, I would say. Um, but the big thing in the playoffs, I mean, his, uh, call it shot, like where his shots are coming from, it gets further and further out yeah, makes once sense. you hit the playoffs, right? Uh, so two years, four mil per, like for Nashville, that's that's a very good deal. It's a solid deal. I, I, think I he, thought the AEV would be four mil over like a five-year term. Yeah. Over two years, I think you, it's a you steal. nailed the player well. We're looking at a middle six power forward, power forward who can get points at five on five. Doesn't need to be relying on the power play, which I think is more valuable for a middle six guy because most good teams, their four million dollar player is not on their first power play. Yeah, right. Like our four million dollar player, for all intents and purposes, is Michael Bunting. He makes eight hundred k, but he's our supplementary top six middle six forward. Yeah. He's not on the power play. Yeah. Nope. So the fact he can produce at five on five, he scores twenty to twenty five goals on but the average. Big, also, with it, he he can't produce on the. But power that's fine. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's okay. I would be okay with that because mm-hmm. he can produce at five on five. The problem is again the playoffs haven't been great for him. Oh, he's now played exactly eighty two games, fifteen goals, fifteen assists, thirty points. That's. And I think it's the last fifty three uh, playoff games. He's got yeah. like thirteen. I want to say exactly. But again, I think you know what? It's a good dice roll, anyways. Even if he doesn't show up in the playoffs because he might, who knows? And like you said, you described him well. It sounds like a $5 million player. What I'm also noticing with Nash, they love grit grinders. If you look at the number of hits on their team and even fighting misconducts, they They like to insert Michael McCarron in there. Like what does Michael McCarron do? Fights. (laughs) Mark Borietsky loves to fight. Tanner Janot, their pride and joy. Guess who had the two, the top two players in, uh, in, Ma- uh, major penalties this year. Borbietsky and Tanner Janot. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Both on Nashville. Right? So, and then I think they, they were playing, there's a former Leafs defenseman. He's like 6'7". Doesn't do much, but he was playing for them also. He was getting NHL games. It was kind of funny. Really? But, yeah. They love their grit grinders. But, I mean, where's where are they located? It's Nashville, baby. 
in the southern United States. It's an interesting team, though, because they had a lot of guys shoot a crazy percentage this year. Ryan Johansson shot like 25%. But they added, a de- <laughs> they added like, adding Nino is good. They added McDonough. Like, I think mm-hmm. they've contributed more to their team, so I wonder how they'll, they'll do this year. Yeah. They brought back Forsberg. Yep. Seemed in question for God knows what reason. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see how Nashville does. I think they're going to be a little bit more competitive this year mm-hmm. if uh, they don't get PDO bombed or, uh, too hard there. But, um, yeah, the other player I took a look at, Sonny Milano, wasn't qualified. We mentioned him on the show earlier. I mean, I just think his point totals were inflated by Trevor Zegers. He's not a very – he's not a good skater at all. Decent passer, but not physical, not a good skater. It's like, what are you doing here? Check out the <laughs> thread on Twitter for more. Yes. And like we put it, it on the Instagram story. I don't know how much longer that'll be there, yeah. though. So, yeah. Anywho. Moving on. Any other NHL news that we missed? Nope. That's it. Kadri and, uh, as of right now, Kadri and what's his name? Klingberg. Are still on Klingberg One of them's going to that. So expect, yeah. Joey and I will be away for the first week of August. So expect both those guys to get signed during that week. Yep. The first day that I, le- <laughs> that I leave, they will sign. I can see that. <laughs> Pen to paper. That'll be so, so funny. Um, yeah. yeah. Expect that for then. All right. Let's get into it. We're... We're putting on our own awards show since the NHL's has just gone bland. Some new categories here, some fun ones, and it is called the Rinkies. Hopefully this goes well and people have fun with it, and we can do this, make this a yearly thing. We have the following categories. Top media member of the year. Best defensive defenseman. Biggest underachieving team. Most overrated season by a player. Most underrated season by a player. Grit grinder of the year. The Rick Nash Award, which we'll explain later, and the Dumbass of the Year. And I would like to give the Dumbass of the Year, in undisputably, I would say, to Brendan Lemieux for biting Brady Kachuk. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. That's, that's <laughs> good. What about the Edmonton guy who was chirping dry side? What, what was that one again? For not playing well, or why are you so the, pissy? Yeah, why are you yeah. so pissy? Oh, yeah, the yeah. media. Uh, yeah. It was um, Jim Matheson. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was that was just fun. I mean, sure, if you if you want to give Jim Matheson the crusty old man of the year award, but um, Steve well, Simmons would be running pretty hard against him. So he didn't have that whole Twitter DM thing. Though. Was that him or is that someone else? No, Jim? that was someone else. Never mind. So, never mind. All right, oh let's God. get right into it. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I wonder how many people would understand who that is. His Twitter AVI is him with glasses on, but, <laughs> like sunglasses. But let's get into a top media member of the year. Who wants to go first? Um, who wants to start it off? You want okay. to start? I'll go first. My number one nominee, I'm going with Rick Westhead. I think he has just blown the top off of hockey. Like the Kyle Beach investigation, the Team Canada investigation. It seems like now Team Canada is looking for to him for – Help with in- investigating, like wow. solving their issues. It's it's crazy. Like the amount of negative stuff that has occurred with hockey this year. Like, would it have come out? Like these terrible things that need to be fixed. Well, I'll just say, it. like they're awful. Like, where did it all stem from? That that it was no, Rick that, Westhead. That's a great answer. The reason I kind of laughed is because I went in a completely different direction for the same. My number yeah. two is the, a completely different so direction. So now I don't even know if I could say <laughs> yeah, this. I can't, yeah, you you go ahead though. <laughs> I can't even say it. At Heat Daddy Six Nine Four Twenty. 
can't, you can't even add that. We might have to cut that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> I thought like Rick Westhead is the most meaningful Abs- media. One hundred percent. I know that's what. <laughs> but I thought it was like who's your favorite your favorite, like, favorite like, Twitter yeah. account? Yeah. kind of thing. Well. <laughs> Do that? I don't, know. I don't know. <laughs> right, we'll skip. We won't put him on a Twitter poll, but that's no. We'll, I yeah, I don't. You think who else can you, you? You can't put anyone else. Kevin on this Weeks. No, I, yeah. You, there's another I one. Had yeah. Kevin Weeks on there, but like, who's gonna vote for anyone over Rick Westhead? If you put yeah, no, you're there? right. You're right. That that one's definitely gonna I, win. I, but I, we'll, we'll we'll give your explanation at the very least for this guy's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Robbie W Gucci on Instagram. Um, a lot of quotable things from come out from him. He's uh, solid follow. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> says he says some questionable things at times. I screenshotted one that he deleted, which I'll show you later. Um, but yeah, Robbie Gucci, what a guy. Love it, Jason. So for me, know? I'm gonna go with Allison Lucan. I Lucan, Lucan. I don't know yeah. if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. That's a good but one. At the Athletic, she's uh, she was I a beat reporter, she... and then she she's now doing on air analysts for. Uh, the Kraken, and yeah. she does. I, she, I believe she's a post game reporter for uh, yep. like. She had to. She had to step articles. in. She had to do color. She doesn't normally wow. do color, and she's a couple games because I think JT Brown got uh, uh, got COVID. She had to yeah. step in. But no, she's. I think she's doing a great job of pushing like analytics and like to, like to the modern audience. I think she's doing that a very, very, very well. She has these little pictures that she posts post game that just has shots and shot expected goals, but. She calls it shot quality, which is a much more digestible thing for someone who's not really interested in expected goals. She also has like five on five offense stats, five on five defense stats, and yeah, it's, it's, she's got like good, good, good digestible yeah. metrics. I think she's pushing a lot of movements forward, which is which is great. I think she's doing a great job, and she deserves rec- recognition. Expected so. goal. My favorite is expected goals. Like, who is expecting these goals? <laughs> that was one of my favorite tweets. And by the way, it's me. I'm expecting those goals. are. It's really good answers. Those are all great answers. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised Kevin Weeks didn't get in. I had Weeks in there. In there. Dom decision should be in there too. Yeah, yeah. He had a good uh, end of the year. He has that betting. He has this betting model, yeah. and at the end of the year, he came out and said like how bad betting can be for yeah, him. Yeah, it's like a great threat, especially so, with how much wholesome. Hockey Night in Canada was really pushing. I don't know if you noticed. Sp- sorry, Sportsnet was pushing the betting thing, which everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. Then after Don D- Dom did that, soon after they started to also push out responsible gambling stuff mm. and actual content mm. about it, not a five second disclaimer. So they were also pushing crypto. I wonder if <laughs> they're gonna yeah. be doing that. Arithium. So, are we gonna? Uh, we cannot put that poll up there with those three. Okay, fine. No, we can do. Well, I think. Do you I, want Kevin Weeks in there? Yeah, instead? put Kevin Weeks sure. in there. Let's put Kevin Weeks so there. Rick instead. Westhead, Kevin Weeks, Allison Lucan. Yes, I think yeah. that's I think I that's like great. It. Who do you guys pick of all those? I think Rick Westhead is yeah. The, I think Rick Westhead is our pick. I yeah, it's pretty. Think, yeah, he's done great work. So he's uh, he's been awesome for the hockey world. All right, let's get into it. Best defensive defenseman. Kay. Josh, I think you're up. I went first last. Well, time. everyone knows the guy. I talk about this guy every podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Eric Chernak. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was my pick as well. Which I talk about all the time. I'll make it really quick. Three important things for a defensive defenseman to do. Defend the rush, defend the front of the net, create stops in the defensive zone. He does all three of those at an elite level. He's my pick. I love that. That's a great little one. So I went kind of a little fun with defensive defenseman, and I described it as a guy with who is like a solid defenseman but can do absolute bugger all offensively. Yeah. I liked including that. Huh. So I, I'm going to go with new name to that list, actually. is Jonas Siegenthaler. I knew you were going to say that. Oh. 
He's a very, very, what? He's a, no, never, go on. He's a, he's like a, sorry. Not always say. in a bad way. Always in a no, good no, no. one. Like, uh, yeah, and, anyways, this is bad radio, but we'll just move on. So it's, analytically, he's like been fantastic off the charts, was one of the best defensively, the defensive defensemen of the year. Offensively, he was absolutely terrible. So he fit my criteria perfectly. So I'll go. With also on a team that, you know, had bad goaltending yes. and had like not great defensemen once Dougie Hamilton got injured in terms of play, like Damon Severson had one of his worst years. Um, he carried a lot of the load for them. Surprisingly, they kind of got him for free from Washington and, yeah. uh, you know, he I played really he well. Was, uh, he was a, I want to say a, uh, expansion draft casualty, right? Yes, I think you're right. But again, he carried essentially carried the load for them defensively. I yeah. don't think anyone else on that team was even close to as effective as he was in terms of defensive metrics. And in actual practice, like in real life, on tape, watch him defend the rush. One of the best in the league at doing that. We talk about how important that is. So there you go. All right. He was also one of mine. So that's a good one. Yep. Um, so for this season in particular... Uh, this is going to be a little bit of an interesting one. I'm going with Ian Cole. That's yeah. a good one, too. He's great. Very That's good defensive one. numbers this year with Carolina. Um, now going to a, to Tampa Bay. I mean, not not the most prolific offensively, obviously, but just oh. his defensive. Defensively this year, he was fantastic. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I had Eric Chernak as well. So Yeah, I think those are all solid <laughs> picks. I think those yeah. are all. Is there anyone else you want to honorable mention? Those are the three nominees. Uh, year over year. I mean, Adam Pellick is yeah. just. Pellick. How about Slavin? TJ yeah. Brody's a good one. Slavin yeah. I didn't include because he has offensive skills. That's true. Yeah. Like, Essa Lindell is another one I thought mm-hmm. of. And then how about Chris Tanev? Like, yep. every year, yeah, year over year. Year over year. I yeah. believe Evolving Wild in terms of, like, defensive metrics had of TJ Brody over the last three years, like, third. Yeah, I believe it. So. He's great. Fantastic. So, but I'm going with Ian Cole. So we got Chernak, Siegenthaler, and Ian Cole. Yeah. I think who do we want to pick out of those two? Who do you guys? I'm going with Chernak. Chernak? Yeah, so am I. I would love to see what right. Twitter. I say. I think Twitter will say Siegenthaler. Yeah. From like the analytics darling. That makes sense. Interesting. But yeah, Chernak. Let's go with yeah, I like this award though because these guys never get any pub. N- not, ever. Nothing. Ever. ever. And it's like the Norris every year is just who's got the most points. Exactly. <laughs> Which is part of the reason why I went that way with for the defensive yeah, defense. Someone, almost was, someone was doing this, I think it was Jeffler, about like uh, forwards, you know, Selkie forwards. A lot of them have less points. Like some of them do have points, but like you get your Sorelli in there. Bergeron is, isn't. These guys are not top 15 scorers necessarily. Mm-hmm. The Selkie voting of the top, thir- or sorry, the Norris voting of the top 13 vote getters. 11 of them were in the top 15 of points for D. Yeah. So it's just like almost a glorified points award at this point, which I get because a lot of these guys are also good defensively. Like Hedman's good defense. You like could Hedman put Hedman. Last Hedman could though, be on this list. Yeah, but Hedman last season, though, didn't have his best year period. He had a lot of power play points, and he was still nominated for a Norris. And yeah. it was like, yeah. how how did like were you just looking at points total and yeah. the fact that it's Victor Hedman? But I don't like, know. It's kind of weird. Like, I think McAvoy might actually be the answer to this question. Um. But he's in also good offensively. Of, Best defensive, like which defenseman do you take in your own zone? It might be. Yeah. Actually, you want to hear a crazy one. So from natural stat trick, expected goals against per 60 relative. The number one player in the league this year was Dylan DeMello. Number two that, was Brett Kulak. That makes sense because number Dylan, three was Will Borg. I actually thought about Kulak for this award because yeah. he played really well for Edmonton. Yeah. And he helped take the load off a guy who I might talk about later in terms of. Maybe a little overrated. 
Ooh. Leave that Number 13 on this list is Kale McCarr. Yeah, he's sick. He's Fine. not bad. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one? Let's yeah. move on. Uh, the next award we got is the biggest underachieving team of the season. And Jason, you have first Ooh. pick. All right. Well, there's a lot to choose from here, I feel like. right? We have a team. I'm just going to go on and say. So I was going to lean one way. Now I'm going to lean the other way. Uh, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. Right? A lot of other teams, you can kind of point to some different reasons as to why they underachieved compared to expectations. Right? Some teams experienced a lot of injuries. Other teams were brand new teams in the league this year. But Winnipeg was a team where they didn't really have much injury. They didn't really have many losses from the previous year. They kind of were the same team going in this year and had high expectations into just simply making they the playoffs. to their D as well. Yeah, they, they Schmidt, are... Brendan Dillon. I believe the TSN panel may have voted them as the best team in Canada yes, before they, the season. They or did. someone on the panel. Someone did, for sure. But they went from that to just being nowhere even near the playoffs for almost the entire year. They were just simply... Uh, just the Horrendous. best way to put it about it is just they were just underachieving all across all the board. Year. Yeah, they did. All across the board. So that is a good one. Yeah. Okay. Winnipeg Jets. All right. Uh, am I up? Yep. I guess so. I'm going with the New Jersey Devils. Yep. Uh, it's unfortunate that like they just they were pulling random buddies off the street to play a net for them, it seemed like. Uh, like, I don't know. And then they, they brought in – they paid – I want to say the most amount of money in free agency for Dougie Hamilton. They were getting Jack Hughes on a career year, but he got injured. Jesper Bratt career year. Like they brought in Thomas Tatar yeah. as well. Like they already had Severson. They traded for Siegenthaler. There's a lot of good players on the Devils, but like they finished pretty far down there, right? Yeah. So it's like Yeah. Seven goalies. Just yeah. Tells the, and not like seven goalies started one game, like Three games is the least, but they had three games. Six how many games, how many games, games did John games. Gilly start? Started 19 games. You want to know what many. type of contract he started with at the beginning of this year? Mm. ECHL. That's crazy. He deserved an AHL, but he was on an ECHL deal. Yeah, it was rough for them. And they had to trade for him from you, St. Louis. You guys had two answers that none of those were in my top three. You guys are nuts. Wow. The answer is obviously the same it's been for the last three years, which is the Toronto Maple yeah, Leafs. That, was, that is the answer. They are the biggest underachieving team. Done. Sure. The other two I had were Vegas, who I'm shocked that none of oh, you said Vegas. I had Vegas as one like, of my teams. Yeah, Vegas would probably be number one, but for dramatic effect, I'll put the Leafs. Um, and then Florida. Yeah. yeah. I mean... But there's yeah. always underachieving teams, and if you account for playoff success, right? Like the, well, that's the, the nature of the playoffs, right? I don't know. New Jersey was supposed to push for a playoff spot. Yeah, push for a spot. With. Well, Winnipeg should have been in the playoffs. Yeah, but if you look at the, at West, the West, how many teams were they actually like? You look at their roster, you're like they're better than that team that made the playoffs. Dallas, L.A., L.A. That's a good one. Yeah, L.A. was unexpected. Nashville. Uh, 50-50. Yeah, it's 50 I don't know. I think they're four groups better. Their goalie is arguably better. Defense, not. Their goalie's better? Hellebuck better than one. Saros? You think Hellebuck is for sure better than Saros right uh, now? I think so, but. Joe? Uh, it's a tough one. It's a toss-up. They're almost yeah. a very similar team. Some overpaid yeah. forwards, pretty decent. Yeah. No, Nashville's defense core is way better than Winnipeg. Way better. Way but, better. But I would Different argue that planet. Winnipeg forwards are a lot better, too. Yeah, they, mm. but. They just don't play defense. Production-wise, I don't think they were better this year. They were not. No, they weren't. Maybe for that sure. speaks to your point, though. Yeah. 
But yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs are my answer. Fair yeah, enough. I had them. I had them uh, there. I, I'm shocked we didn't put Vegas. I completely forgot about them. I, I just just all year they weren't really in a playoff spot, and then it was like, ah, oh, they'll pick it up. Ah, oh, they'll pick it up. Ah, oh, they'll pick it up, and then they just didn't. I would throw <laughs> Vegas as a maybe a four. Can you do a four man poll on Twitter? Yeah. For example? Yes. I well, like the, I like Vegas. The man. thing with Vegas for me was that they just were. Also extremely unlucky with their injuries, to be fair, right? Pacioretty well, was were they? hurt for a lot of the year. Stone was hurt Pacioretty for a lot of the year. Like 37 games. Stone played 37 Stone, I feel games. Like Alec Martinez played seven Stone games. Stone was a result of maybe trading for Jack Eichel, though. Maybe, you know, a lot of people assumed that was like a he could LTIR. play through it, but we're going to LTI. And Robin Lehner got injured in a problematic yeah. t- time, like or a problematic time. I don't think Riley Smith played the full year. Like they had a lot of injuries throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think the big thing is that after that, well, after that Jack Eichel trade, you have to really make the playoffs, they did yeah. and they yeah. did. So, yeah, Crazy. Well, who who do you guys have to pick then? I think are we going Leafs? Leafs. Yeah. All right, Leafs it is. All right. Another like honorable mention. I had the Islanders. Yeah, I had those. As the, but they just the shot goal. themselves in the foot. They started the year twelve games in a row on the road. Yeah. But, like and yeah. that was their own fault. But I think for me, the reason I I think that's a good one. But the, maybe I didn't think of them is this is probably closer to maybe I expect their level for sure, be, which is a fringe playoff team somewhere between the twelfth and the eighteenth best team yeah. in the league. So that team's I think always from All Star break on though they were pretty good. They were solid. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about Seattle? Would you consider them underachieving? There's nothing to build off of, but if you look at what Vegas did the year after the year they first came into the league, some people might have had high expectations for them. The also, big thing with them was just their goaltending stunk. That, and they, like they built a team that had no offense. So and when they, you have bad goal, when when one link falls and you have no offense, like yeah. you know what, what yeah. what's, what's going to happen? They right? also so. shelled out a lot of money in the in in the. Were they capped out last year? They were nowhere no. near capped so out. So that's why they're not. No. They just spent a lot of money in free agency, so I thought maybe. Yeah. A little yeah. honorable mention. But anyways, on to the next. Yeah, most overrated season. Uh, Am I first? Yeah, please go first. Can I defer <laughs> for someone else? I don't know. Okay, th- this uh, is... this. Okay. You go first. Then. <sighs> How did you guys look at this? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I looked at it as like... I looked at their points and their numbers and... Those numbers did not equal their actual on ice impacts. Mm. That's how I looked at it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I might get like I I use like media narrative in my head. Players I felt like were talked about a lot during the year, but when I look at them afterwards, say hmm, maybe not. Um, I I don't. I'm gonna get. I was gonna say Huberto. I know. No, 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 no. I was gonna say no. I, you go first. You- you're right. gonna say Huberto? Here's the thing: no. this guy got ripped on a lot, but I think he was even worse. It's John Tavares. Yeah, like Ooh. 76 points. People, a lot of people on Twitter use yeah. that to back up his play. He that is the emptiest 76 point season I have ever seen in my entire life. No offense to John Tavares, it's just the truth. Like on five on five, he was a below average NHL player in my opinion. That may be a hot take, but mm-hmm. at five on five, he was not good. So. Contributed on the power play, 10 power play goals, 16 power play assists. But, and I hate saying this one too. You guys are, like, I've, I feel no, sick saying it, yeah. but. I mean, 39 points in 79 games at five on five, 15 goals. 30. But if, if you do, if you do look at the number of guys that had around 39 points at five on five this year, I believe like Panarin was close to that. Zabanajad was close to that. 
right? So it's like there were some good players around 39 mm-hmm. points. Yeah. Panarin only had 39 five-on-five five points. He did not have many. I think he was close to there. Uh, I don't don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm probably looking wrong, at even but... strength. He has 60 even strength points on Hockey Reference. So Whoa. So maybe it was just Zibanejad. Maybe I it was another know. guy I was thinking about for this list on New York. Ooh. But I'll, I'll leave that to the end. Okay. I think I know who you got. Jason, you're up. I don't even know. I, 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 can I pass? Yeah. Can I throw a second one in? Because this is the... Sure. I think Chris Kreider had a good season, but... Wow. He will not come close to scoring 50 goals again, in my opinion. Maybe that's a hot take. Completely power play driven there, 26 yeah. power play goals. And those still count. It's not that those don't count. Those absolutely still count. He had 10 goals in the playoffs as well. But I think in terms of the history of 50-goal seasons, this will end up being one of the more forgettable 50-goal seasons in NHL history. So, and I still think he's a good player. Like you're making me answer this question. I no. gave two as well. Yeah, yeah but okay. I'll, I'll, I'm taking Chris Kreider. Okay, Jason takes. Right. So uh, 32 five on five points. Okay, very I'm gonna get raked over the coals for this one from the analytics community. I'm going with Yessi Puljujarvi. I don't care. I like that. Love I don't that. care I, that you I had good. That. I, I don't that. care that you had good fancy stats. You have played 1,323 minutes with McDavid the past two years combined. And you have 25 points in 55 games and 36 points in 65 games to show for it. Come on, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great answer. Like I, I don't, I don't doubt. Like Jesse Puljujarvi does a lot of things very well. Like big body, f- very fast, four checks pretty well. But it's like when you're playing with Connor McDavid. You could be a scarecrow with a stick tape to you, and you will put up 50 points. And he was below 0.5 points per game. I'm not saying trade him for a second. Like, I would like to keep a 23-year-old with those kind of skills, but come on, man. 36 points in 65 games with how many... What was his playoff numbers? They were terrible, too. Two goals in 16 playoff games. Well, I mean, this is all you have to say. Like, Zach Cassian produced the same with the Connor McDavid that Pugliarvi is. <laughs> and where's Zach Cassian now? Traded for traded away with assets. With assets. So, I understand he has nice. He's a nice player to keep. A hundred percent, I would keep him. But like, come on, he's a, analytically. That's a good answer. It's a fraud. Yeah, I, like I like that, that one. A I like lot. that a lot. I, like I had to think. I had to think deep good and hard job, on that brother. one. Good job. Do I, you have any? No, I'm not even going to say who I. No, you have to say it. Like you, you threw me. See it on your screen. Are just, you kidding me? Just well, no, 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 no. This is for the next oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Just say it. Who's oh. the guy? No, no, no I'm not. I'll t- no, we'll talk about it after. Fair. We'll talk about it after. Is it Alex Kerfoot? It's Trevor Zegers because he stole votes from. Uh, you know what? I will say that's not a bad answer. Trevor Zegers who stole votes that's from Michael Bunting. <laughs> he had a good year. He was very but, sheltered. But he, yeah, and his like his underlying metrics aren't the greatest. I was shocked. How many minutes with Milano? And I will, and I will say, for a twenty-year-old who had sixty-one points, to hear on a rel- prevalent hockey podcast that they see him as their not even their number one center, they think Mason McTavish is better than him. Yeah. Says really? Yeah. Yeah. So that might be. Who? I forget which one. I that think it was, was. 30, thirty-two. It might thoughts. have been thirty-two thoughts. Saying, I think it was Jeff Merrick saying that they think they McTavish. Saw McTavish is their one, and Zegers is yeah. their two. Zegers desperately needs to. I understand. Like when you look at Milano and Zegers, like. Their defensive numbers weren't bad, but 72% ozone start yeah, well, really I, shows that the coach said, I cannot play these guys in the defensive zone. Zegers a fun player, but I think that's a pretty Very good Very fun. Not bad. Okay. okay. I was just afraid. He did like the, the Michigan. He did. 
So and then <laughs> he got his teammate. He's a very fun player. The, the NHL that. should market him, but yeah, of in terms of like how good of an actual player he is, he's he's missing a full dimension to his game. Right? So all right. Some interesting picks there. Wow. Okay. Who, Who do you like? Answer? I like Pugliarvi. I think that was a great I think Pugliarvi is the best one, honestly. I think that's a great one. Because I think, like you said, if if we just ignored those fancy stats, I think people would say he was a huge underachiever this year. 100%. And people aren't saying that, right? So, Right. You know, it's like what we said with the Leafs in the playoffs last year against Montreal. Like, fancy stats, Marner and Matthews had great fancy stats. What happened? Yeah, here we go. They went home. They did. <laughs> so, you know what? Sometimes you just got to defer to good old, good old-fashioned wins and goals, right? All right, let's get into it. Most underrated season this year. Who starts? Good ones. You start because you deferred All last right, time. I'm going to go with Matt Zuccarello. Kind of out of that was a very good one. Out of nowhere, puts up a point per game season after kind of strugg- struggling to get to like a, a, even a 60 point pace. Right, the most he's ever had before that was 61 points. Career, basically, career 60 point player who just all of a sudden went off. Could be because he was playing with Kirill Kaprizov, but nevertheless, 34 years old and having a career year, good for him. I think he deserves. And he was I think like he deserves a guy more love. That was like he was signed by the old GM, and it was like mm-hmm. it's kind of like an unnecessary contract. What direction are we going in? And for him to just pop off like that this year was very fun to see. Yeah, yeah. He I was, think people forget. I, I believe early in his career, he he had a major back injury and like almost never played ever again. So good for him. Yeah. Always cheering for Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, what a pick. Uh, for me, I'm going. My I'm up right. I'm going with Mason Marchment. Just like when you dig Love into it. the defensive numbers of this guy, just big body, pain in the ass to play against, put up good offensive numbers, unfortunately got injured for Florida in the playoffs, and I think it would have been a much different story if he was able to play for them. I mean, like I didn't know he had he put up this great defensive numbers this year. I believe in terms of forwards, led led the league in expected goals against relative, right? So to put up that strong defensive numbers as well as your best offensive season ever that came out of nowhere, you know, good for him. Yep. That's a great, I like that pick. I, okay. I'm going to, let's go behind the curtain. My answer was Ryan Hartman. Okay. Okay. So he's yeah, the third part one. of that. No, no, it's not. Because the answer should just be Kirill Kaprizov then. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do Zuccarello and Hartman. <laughs> and the, it's it's clearly because, the oh, wow, these two guys who have never produced close to this are suddenly producing so well. Like, so it makes me want to say Kaprizov. But the other one I had, and I've been banging the tail for this guy for a long time, who is going to be my pick, is Chandler Stevenson. Again, this guy gets disrespected. Eichel trade. You know, he's a third-line center. People don't think he's a first-line center. You know what? He's produced like a top six center two years in a row. He's taken the hard minutes again this year. His defensive metrics kind of slid a bit, but he was still very good at driving play offensively. Again, when everyone else kind of fell off for Vegas, which seems to happen all the time, whether it's last year their second line was good. This year, Stone and Pacioretty get injured, like you said. Eichel doesn't perform. Chandler Stevenson, 21 goals, 64 points. Wins faceoffs, does everything right. Did he have good defensive numbers? I believe this, he did. This year, he was not as good as the previous wow. year, but I, I still think he's a very, very adamant to see in the NHL. Yeah. Like, if I dream of a guy that the Leafs could get and move Tavares to the wing, this would be one of the guys. Also a very speedy player. Yeah. Do you remember what he was traded for from Washington in 2019, I believe? A f- fourth round pick? Fifth round pick, I believe. Yeah. I think it was. 
And he's Darn. he's their biggest gem move that they've done, I think. 100%. Like, Be- uh, better than the, the Smith, the... Ah, no, nah, that one was pretty good. The Smith and Marshall, Marshall one was good. But uh, yeah, that was non. How about that's their best non-expansion move? Yeah, Maybe sure. one of their only good non-expansion moves. Let's say that. Well, Martinez was a good move. Not they needed it. Yeah, but I mean, anyways, they yeah. had to give up a couple seconds, I think, for him. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. Anyways, do you guys have any other underrated? Uh, and underrated seasons? Yes. We'll see. Um, I had Jonas Siegenthaler. Yeah, he had like that. Um, Jack Hughes also ter- got injured, but I was going to go with another guy on Ooh. Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt. Yeah, that's Bratt. a good one. Fantastic. What about Matt Duchesne? Yeah. 86 points in 78 games. Yeah. A lot of that was, yeah. a lot of that was what? Normally high shooting percentage. He shot 18%. It's only yeah. 5% more than his career average. <laughs> only 5%. Only 5. Only 5%. He did he it. Had a good year. He had a, he had a good year. Only five percent. Oh my god, that's. Uh, I mean, all right. <laughs> and then the other one, I was yeah. sorry. One more, Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah, fantastic year, especially for him. in the playoffs. He was unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. So, what are our three nominees? Hartman, Stevenson, and sorry, Zuccarello, Stevenson, and Marchman. Okay, yeah, I like that. I mean, just absurdly good years from each of them. So. Let's move on. Grit grinder of the year. I don't know how you guys approach this one. Like, uh, yeah, how do how two do, different ways? What did you um, set, set up? How number one? Give me your thought process, so I know I'm not on the wrong page. Here. So I, I did say like I thought in terms of grit grinder, I thought like Darcy Tucker, Wendell Clark. Okay, okay, so okay. like producing offensive, yes, yes not yes. just being a complete plug yes, in the fourth yes, line. Yes, you know, I did that, and I even pro- though I did put one of the nominees as a complete plug, I thought the same thing, and the, I and I did guys yeah. who we didn't expect to produce like this. But gr- grinders who produced well. Okay. So we had a different interpretation from each of us. Yeah, but that's good. I think we're yeah. all along the same. Okay. We'll probably end up with some of the same guys. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Tanner Janot. That's yeah, that, was, that was the first guy on my that's list. That's a good one. Fought. Right. The, they love him in Cross Nashville. Crossed that one off. 300 hits this year. Good offensive production. Was played a lot in the defensive zone as well. And a lot of fighting majors too. Just a grinder that they're going to love in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Mine, a guy I'd never thought in my life would I would ever recommend for any sort of award in the NHL. And that's no offense to this player, but Lawson Krause with the most out of nowhere 20 goals in 65 games for a really bad Arizona team. He is the definition of a grinder. He got drafted in the top 10 because of how grindy he was. Sorry, 11th. He was ranked ahead of Mitch Marner because... How grindy Big, he was. Yeah. I remember. He, he made Team Canada that year. He, when when the selection camp happened, he had 14 points in 20 games, I want to say. And he played in the prospects game, and their highlight tape of him from the first period was him throwing the hits after the play was over and accidentally tripping over a defender's stick and running over the goalie. That was what he did in that game. Oh. But we got to give him credit. 20 goals, 181 hits. You know, grinder, grinder player. And I think he deserves some credit for the year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 181 hits in 65 games. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yep. I mean, it's tough for like a player like that. Like, what do you remember him for? Like just most prominently in your head. He went 11th overall in 2015. Look at all the guys that went after him. And then on top of that was traded with Dave Boland to, to Arizona. Yeah. 
a year after he went 11th overall, but I believe by the same GM too. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. In this most stacked draft in the past 10 years, since 03, he went 11th and then was traded in a cap dump. No, but dude, they got a third and a second in that deal. 11th overall. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Though, that's in 2015. Like you know? Yeah. So, kind of a weird one. Jason? He ended up there, but that's a good pick. Do you guys know who I'm going to say? Oh. Michael Bunting? Michael Bunting? Does that count or no? Do I have to sure, change Sure, you it? can just defend it. All right, Michael Bunting. Well, I, I kind of did mine based off of pen, penalty differential. He just didn't take a lot, but okay. he drew a lot of penalties. Sure. Right? He was He's actually fourth in the league in drawed penalties, and I believe he had... Ten less penalties than the 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 he four. Had, he had eighty penalty minutes this year. I don't know how, but he drew he drew he drew like I think forty or forty five penalty penalties or something like he that. Did have eighty. I don't know. He drew. Uh, anyways, according to the NHL website, he drew a lot of penalties. He drew like I believe ten penalties more than he took. So that's a like for a grit grinder. I think I I I value them as that didn't hit as much, but maybe that scorekeeping bias in the least stadium. Who knows. But if you want to give, uh, if you want me to give more grit grinder hit 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 guy who kind of does the same thing, maybe Marcus Foligno. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. He was very good this year. Uh, he had a fantastic year. Yeah, blocks. It hits, was a great year for the grinders. What penalty about, differential. Yeah. Good penalty differential. What um, about Boone Jenner? Twenty three yeah. goals. Bad boy Boone. Oh, he's about to uh, get. Foligno yeah. had twenty three goals and forty two points this year. Yeah, he had a good year. to go along with two hundred and thirty eight hits. Love it. And then the other one, Marchman would be a good one for this as well. Yeah, yes. yes. He's sure. probably the like the best player of all the guys we mm-hmm. talked about, I would think. Yeah. In terms of 2021 to yeah, 2022, yeah. just yeah. he he grinded his way and just made, what, $18 million, I want to say? Or yeah. 14, 16? Well, I mean, compare Mason Marchman to just Tom Wilson. Yeah. Tom Wilson. Like how they're talked yeah. about and how they actually are. Like, well, Tom Wilson had 52 points in 78 games. 24 goals, pretty good year. Pretty good year, but then but Marchman also, had 47 and 54. Yeah, yeah. I, no, yeah, yeah. Just, I don't, I w- Wilson's been doing it longer, yeah. though. When you look yeah, at yeah. Wilson's point totals, like well, from 1819 to 2022, 169 points in 256 games. Yep. Like, that's very good. I got. So, who are our three nominees for this? Sorry, I want to just get off Tom Wilson for a Tanner second. Tanner Janot. So, we Juneau. got Janot, Kraus, and Bunting. I think Janot would be my pick of those three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jano too. Jano was first on my list too. So, so the next one is the Rick Nash Award. Yeah. So here's the thing, I looked. At, I, I think this there could be two Rick Nash Awards. There could be the Columbus the Rick, Rick Nash, Nash Award and the, and the Rangers, because the Columbus Rick Nash Award was said he was underrated every year to a point that he became overrated when he got traded to New York, and then when he, after he got traded to New York, people said he was overrated. But then I was like, wait, he's scoring like a point a game, good defensively. Then he forty became, goals. So he became underrated. So it could almost be both. Right, but our yeah. our perspective was the Rick Nash Award, a guy who's everyone calls overrated, who's actually underrated. So the Rick Nash New York Ranger Award, Tom Wilson. Yeah, just off what Jason just said, compare Marchman to Tom Wilson as if Wilson's not good. Look at Wilson's numbers the last th- three four years. He's fantastic. He's fantastic, I, and I hate to say it because he's a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah, but this guy's producing. I mean, you also cannot look beyond the fact that this guy made an organization not just fire, <laughs> like like not only like lose their shit and make them make a bunch of trades. We've seen that before with uh, Lucic and the Vancouver Canucks. They ended up firing the GM, the president, 
the owner made a statement from him. God, he he got inside the head of the of the Rangers so badly they had to make structural front office changes. Yes. Also, again, we're talking about free agent deals. Like when Wilson signed the deal, I think a lot of people thought that was an overpayment. Yeah. I, one one funny tweet from Pete Blackburn was, um, "I can't believe the worst hit of Tom Wilson's career is his cap hit," <laughs> and that's not true because. If he was a free agent today, he would make more yeah, than five sure. But I believe he sure. signed when at the he time signed he signed, time. He had, signed a long yeah. time ago. Was, yeah. He had thirty-five points that year. He's actually one year, two years away from unrestricted free agency. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can already see the Leafs fans saying, "Just gas Nylander and sign Tom Wilson." <laughs> I can see that. That is just like not even out of the realm of possibility. But that was one of my answers. I have another really good one that you guys are not going to like. But I'll save it to see if anyone else. I don't know. It. I honestly kind of struggled this because I tried to rack my brain for like who would people thought were overrated. And I think we kind of touched on it early in the year. Um, but even before the season, excuse me, before the season this year, um, I'm going to go with Drew Doughty. That was my other one. Nice. Oh, Drew Doughty, he didn't, a great answer. didn't play a lot of games, but I believe he had 31 points. and th- Finally scored thir- a five-on-five goal. Yeah, so 30, <laughs> 30 points in 39 games. 31 yeah. points, sorry, in 39 He's games. He's been... He's been much better the last two years compared for to sure. the two before that. Yeah, I think once he started to realize that he could before, play for Team Canada. Yes. Before this season, he hadn't scored a five-on-five goal since October of 2019. He had one five-on-five goal in the last three seasons. He got injured this year, but he was on pace for like a really good yeah. year. Yeah, year. but also when you look at his number, like the finish, the final numbers, 31 and 39, doesn't show how good he was. I believe his last like few games, it was just not very good because of the injuries. Play, yeah. But like... He started off over a point per game. He was hot as hell. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the big thing is when you look at defensemen, when they hit 30, it's you look at have they had a lower body injury yet? And Drew Doughty had not. So he still had that talent. He still had that skill. It's just I guess the drive kind of wasn't there because he wasn't on a very good team and he had already made his money. But then going into this year, Playoff aspirations, Team Canada aspirations. He really picked up his game, but then unfortunately, what did he suffer? A oh, lower wow. body injury. So we'll see how he comes back from next year. But that's a very good one. I, I, I before this season, I said he was garbage. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm in on that uh, Rich Rick Nash narrative. I'll say. Um, but for my pick, I was gonna go with a Leaf player, but like, I don't know. He's, it's such an under after the. Two that you guys picked. No, no, let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, I'm not saying it. I no, have a better one. You, I, I'm going Jason? Jonathan Huberto. Yes, though, right in Jason's dome. Even though I, I, was, I was part of Leafs Twitter that was like trying to make fun of him because of Alan Walsh. I just find Alan Walsh so annoying. And unfortunately, that's his client. I, I was going to say Alex Kerfoot because it's like, dude, guy coming off of top 10 in the league oh. and five on five assists. And we're dumping him for nothing. Oh, okay. Five on five, six per six. Five I gotta on five, get, six I gotta get 60, you a Kerfoot jersey. <laughs> Why? You're a, you're the biggest Kerfoot guy on the planet. <laughs> he had his, he had some good moments this year. Yeah, he had some great moments. But I like your other answer better. I'm going with you, Burdell. I mean, I don't know. To, all right, yeah. I, I, like end of last year, sure. I was saying dumb Kerfoot for for whatever, because he wasn't very good. But then this year he had such a better year. He was dishing the puck. I liked what I saw from eye test-wise and charts-wise. Fair enough. Right? And okay. now it's like, oh, package him with us and get I thought we were on to Huberto. Sorry, I just but blacked out, and now we're back to Kerfoot. Huberto. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm fully going with that one. I think 
part of his, the poor defensive metrics is the team that he plays for. I think I'm very excited to see what Daryl Sutter can do with him, especially after we just saw what Sutter did with Johnny Goudreau from one year to the next, kind of gave him a few kicks in the ass and uh, got him going, right? So I think those charts are really going to improve this year. I, I'm not worried about that. You know who change. else has really poor defensive metrics? Who? Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Way worse than Huberto, too. Yep. Also, but you, I have examined Drysdale defensively, and there are deficiencies. I absolutely, but but Alex Ovechkin's had those his entire career. For yeah, example, doesn't There's mean some, he can't be a good player. Stanley Cup. Exactly. So, exactly. I, I think that's the last category. Yeah. Any any other honorable mentions for that you, category? Is there anyone you can think of quickly that's everyone says is underrated that's became a little overrated? Because I have one that's underrated that became overrated. Yeah, I got one. It's kind of funny because of all the argument me and Jason just had, but I think Mackenzie Weger is like sliding into yeah. that area. Yeah. Because a lot of people on Twitter think he's like a legit 1D. I don't think he's that. No. Would you say he's a top 15 D in the league? No. 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 Okay. All right. The other answer, I think some people in this room would say Morgan Riley for that one. 5,000%. Yes. Especially and, that J Fresh fan survey that came oh, out. Where did yeah. they have him? They had him at twenty, and I, I'm like, wow, okay, twenty. Yeah, I, I see that for Morgan Riley. When I think to Morgan Riley in my head, I like to think that he's a top twenty D man league. But then I sat down and looked who was ahead of him and who was behind, and I'm like, wait, he should be lower. So, yeah, even in fan surveys, he seems to like in, in a fan survey that's kind of arguably anti Leafs or was like seventy percent voted as the most hated fan base from. A similar sample, right? Like, hey, there are some days though. I I'm in that. I'm yeah, in I'm that in that sample too. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, yeah, Morgan Riley, I think is one. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one right now. I can't really think of any more off the top of my head. I guess Chris Kreider, maybe like we said earlier, we're overrated season. Kind of maybe a guy who yeah. because he's oh. had an, a really good season this year. Another Ranger. Yeah, people might say he's underrated now, but. Um, Fifty goals. No, like he was underrated, but now oh, okay. everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, he's so underrated. He had fifty goals last year, right?" Like I don't know. Yeah, people. I wonder how many of his like goals that. were actually from like shooting the puck. <laughs> Probably I less than twenty percent. I don't think too too many. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any other ones? I like that. No, that's that, all. I had. Uh, that's uh, that's all I had. I'm sure you could go through goalies and find a thousand of them. I mean, yeah. I, Seems like Matt Murray is falling. I was gonna say yeah. like maybe Bennington for like everyone says he's way overrated. May, like maybe like maybe, playoffs yeah. proved he actually might be a solid yeah. starter in the league. So Rick Nash, New York. I had Eric Carlson too. The Rick yeah. Nash, New York. Yeah, he's actually over. solid now. He okay, but to be fair, he got hurt Injury again. Issues. Yeah, so it's back, uh, right. Yeah, so but he much? but much better season this year compared to the last couple of years. So um, yeah, yep, for sure. Um, I think that's all we got for all of our awards here. Hopefully, we'll we'll put those out to a vote and yeah. uh, see what everyone else thinks. So just give us a follow on Twitter, and if you guys want to have a say, just we're probably going to be tweeting throughout the week the uh, yeah the, the options and vote. Tweet at us if you think anyone we if there's anyone we missed or yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice. Thanks. That's all we got. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for for listening. Go Leafs. Go.